Welcome to another episode of Let's Chat With. Joining me once again is stunt person, Michelle C. Smith. How are we doing today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well, thanks. A lot of things have happened since we last talked. First, you started a podcast. What is the name of it and what is it about? I did start a podcast. Uh, the working title is The Power of Imperfection. And uh, I'm still working on making it a consistent thing, but it it felt like an, an interesting new thing to start in my life, having been such a, a physically active person and, and coming into this space where I'm like, what if I used my voice to talk about all of the wisdom and, and experience and knowledge I've gained through my physical career? And and so far, I'm having fun. I, I'm actually really enjoying being quite vulnerable and, and sharing my story with, with others out there. What do you hope people take away from the podcast? I hope that... I hope that people find some inspiration in it. I think that the way that I'm sharing and the the experiences and personal stories I'm sharing is very much intended to be a shared experience and Maybe the exact details of, of what I'm sharing might not resonate with, with people, but I think the underlying emotions and perspectives and, and takeaways from it are, are very universal, I believe. And, and I, just, I just want people to feel validated and seen and heard through, through that topics, a conversation, and the sharing of my own story. And so far, I've had really, really wonderful feedback. For the podcast, you recently did a deep dive interview. Can you explain that? A deep dive. Interview. Yeah, I was with my friend Andrea Ross. She's also a wonderful stunt woman. And we had a conversation in a glacial river up here in Canada in Squamish. <laughs> it was it was an interesting experience because cold dipping is is a common way of uh, finding regulation within your nervous system through discomfort. And so we had a conversation about the importance of working through and making friends with discomfort while we were extremely uncomfortable in this glacial river and it, it turned out really well it, it, it looks beautiful we somehow were able to have a pretty thorough conversation despite being very very cold why did you do that type of interview i it's just a new thing to try honestly i i the theme of of my past year and and moving into 2024 for me personally is is about trying new things, trying things I've never done before. And, and I've never had a conversation or made content about that particular con concept and idea while in a river. And and I had a, another friend point out to me very recently that just throughout my life and the career path that I've chose, discomfort is something that I'm very familiar with. And I've worked really hard to, to integrate into my life. And I have a lot to say about the topic. And so I'm, I'm really happy that it was received so well because it was it was cold and i don't know if we're gonna do it again anytime soon next you did something that only a handful of people have done been in a star wars movie the movie was called the vengeance of adventures a fan film you played adventurous for those who don't know who is she and also what is it about right we yeah my producing team and i we made a fan film it's a technically a concept film it was a cinematic it's featuring the character of of asajj ventress which people may know from the clone wars 
cartoons. She also is appearing in the new Bad Batch series coming up. Uh, she's my favorite. Aside from Darth Vader, she's my favorite uh, Star Wars character. I really resonate with her story. I resonate with the intensity that she has. But basically, she was... I don't even know her, her like uh, planet of origin, but... She was trained as a Jedi from a really young age and had a lot of talent. And then things sort of blew up and, and she ended up having to go out to the world and finding a way to survive. And that led her down the path to the dark side. But then her story eventually comes back around where she redeems herself and, and finds redemption through the power of love. And, and I just, I really resonate with uh, a character that has been training since they were so young, which is exactly what my thing is. And, and she's quite good and quite skilled but with all of her emotional turmoil and baggage it just sort of took her down this path but she's so what I love about her is she's so intense and raw and and being able to play that in this short film and a fight scene was very cathartic for me but also it was just something I really believe that I I have the uh, energy for and it was it was just a really great to be able to put that into a real live action body and and put it out there uh out into the world and it has been really well received by the fans i'm still hoping the people at at lucasfilm and and all of those producer peoples will will see it and be like hey we can use this person um but i'm really grateful that we did it and i'm really 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 glad that people like it it was a lot of fun and um i i'm very very proud of what we created in december 2022 you were featured in an article by Forbes. what was it like to be featured and how that come about <laughs> Forbes uh, I think that particular article I I don't know how it came about it might have been with my PR company but I have had other magazines reach out to me and it's people who just follow me online and happen to work at these bigger publications and then they reach out it yeah, like being in Forbes is a pretty big milestone I will say I wasn't expecting it I, I never thought I'd ever be in Forbes but what a what a cool thing to have happen and and be out there and something that I can put in my personal personal portfolio and and just be super proud of and, and it's just this sort of like magical thing that came about I'm like I must be doing something right if if people want to read about me in a in a magazine that's top tier you are the founder of the freestyle staff academy how's it been going since we last chatted is there anything new going on with the academy well um things are going great uh, I have classes starting here in Vancouver and online uh, in the spring. So the Vancouver classes, which are in person, you literally get to come and hang out with me in, in a live gym is they start on February 17th, 2024. And then the online classes start just a couple months later in May on May 5th. And that's all from the comfort of your own home in zoom. So people don't have to put on pants. Um, I run those six week sessions either once or twice a year, uh, just depending on my schedule. But the actual academy itself, the membership program is doing really well. Uh, there's lots of people coming into the community and chatting on the Discord and the Facebook page. And the next really big exciting thing that I'm starting is is the beginner teachers training. So people who have worked with me at the beginner level or have been in the academy and been practicing for a few years, they have the opportunity to learn how to teach freestyle staff spinning at a beginner 
their level. And then they can take that back to their home cities and countries and and offer freestyle staff classes and to make money off of it. And I'm I'm really proud and happy that that is moving forward because I think just with the financial uncertainty in the world right now, if I can offer a way for people to make money on on this, I'm I'm really happy to provide a platform to do that. And I've got a lot of students that have been with me for a few years that are more than capable of teaching at that level. And so I'm I'm really excited to roll that program out. That's going to be in the the late spring, early summer here. But I, I'm 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 hoping that that people will jump on the opportunity because like there is the potential to make money on these classes, and I want to help. I want I want people to have that. In relation to your academy, you post videos of other people's staff spinning and lightsabers on your social media sites. Why? What do you think of those videos? Honestly, I love that other people are are interested in practicing on a regular basis. There's some regulars that I post all the time, and I love for whatever reason they've seen my videos and that's inspired them to continue practicing with their stabs or lightsabers or even other creative tools like rope darts and hoops and and all this other stuff. And so I'm just really honored and grateful that people want to practice and people want to learn more. I, I try to make tutorials and education as accessible as possible. And so to see that there's constantly people tagging me in their videos is just, it's really gratifying. And, and it makes the, the process and the struggle of trying to maintain and run an online business, it makes it worth it uh, to, for me to see these other people. And, and some people are posting at a really beginner level. And I love that. That takes a lot of courage to, to put yourself out there like that. And I, I appreciate that. I want to support that. I want to encourage that. And also there's people that have been doing it for years and they're doing some really cool stuff, stuff that I wouldn't even even thought of. And I'm, I'm just so happy to see that it's taking on a life of its own out in the world. On March 10th, the Oscars will take place. Do you think there'll ever be an award for best stunt performance in a film? I want to say yes. I want to live in an optimistic world where where we we get an Oscar for the stunt departments. I don't think that an Oscar for best stunt performance is the way to go. I think the Oscar should be, in my personal opinion, uh, best action design uh, because it's it's so much more than the actual stunt itself. Uh, and it's often like these bigger actors working on action shows, they might have multiple doubles. And so like, how do you pick who gets nominated but if you do it for best action design you can nominate the entire stunt team and and I think that's a better way to like one of the arguments is if they I don't think it's a valid argument but they said that if if there's an Oscar for best stunt performance somebody's going to be out there doing way too dangerous stuff and somebody's going to get hurt which I don't think is true uh safety is is the top priority when we're doing stunts but I also think that the stunt teams are so much more involved in a production of a feature film than just doing stunts. We are back there in the rehearsal space and in our own spaces designing the actual action, whether or not there's a stunt performer or not. And stunt coordinators often will second unit direct a show and they often become directors. Like you look at the team uh, that's producing John Wick now. Those guys are all stunt guys. And, and just sort of the nature of the stunt industries, you end up having to learn and adapt multiple different positions from other departments and so I make I think that makes stunt people uniquely suited to making quality feature films so if you made it for best action design there's a lot of components that can be included in that and then you can nominate stunt coordinator fight coordinator uh any of the core team people that are there as a whole as a team rather than just picking out this one specific moment that like a lot of stuff is becoming CG now anyway so I I think action 
costume design is a lot more encompassing and and I I don't see I don't understand why it's not already a category. It's the we're the only department aside from casting that doesn't have an Oscar. How do you feel about uh, like actors like Tom Cruise, Jackie Chan trying to do most of their own stuff? Like actors doing their own stuff. If they're capable, like Jackie Chan is was I he's he's a bit older now, so I'm sure that his mentality has changed towards this. And even Tom Cruise is is getting up there, but I know he still pushes himself to do quite a bit. Uh, but Jackie Chan was more than capable of doing the work. Um, like he did have that that stunt background on, on a professional level. And so there are actors that are quite capable. Like those are the people that had they not become this A-list actor, they may have become stunt performers. And if if we can trust that the actor can do some stuff, then we're more than happy to create that space. That doesn't mean that Tom Cruise doesn't have a double because he absolutely does. I know him. I know, well, I know one of his past doubles. Just because he's doing the stunts on the day, that doesn't uh, mean that his stunt double hasn't rehearsed and dialed in and and tried out all the stunts first to make sure that they are appropriate for him. Um, So I think one of my pet peeves is when actors come in and say they did all their own stunts and maybe they did on camera, but there's a lot of work behind camera that is often overlooked that the actors just don't see because they're they're not in the rehearsal space when we're doing that. But if if the actor is safe and capable, obviously we're going to try our best to put them in there in a in a safe way because it's going to it's going to speed things up in terms of filming. Uh they don't have to cut so much. Like if we can actually see the actor doing the action, like if it's a fight scene or something, ultimately we're going to save time and therefore money on things. But that is very specific to each actor. Um I've when I've been fight coordinating on shows, I've had actors come in and be like, "I'm an athlete." And they like sprain their ankle walking down the street. And I'm like, "Nope. <laughs> like you are using a double." I'm so sorry. And so sometimes it's a bit of a a conversation and a negotiation with them. But at the end of the day, it comes down to health and safety. And and we want to make sure that these actors who are the face of the product are safe and healthy. And if that on our our side, on the stunt side, means that we're going to put in a double, then we're going to we're going to make sure we put in the double. During the summer of 2023, there was the Hollywood Writers and Actors Strike. Did that affect you in any way? If so, how'd you get through it? That affected everybody across the board. Uh, so what a lot of people don't understand, or or don't not don't understand, they don't know that uh, 90% of the productions that we have up here in Canada. Canada are American production. There's very few and far between uh, Canadian productions, and they're mostly like Hallmarks and and like CBC show. There's things like that. Um, so when the SAG writer strike started, it was already that would have started in May of last year. It was already slow to begin with. There was a lot like we just lost all our CW shows in Vancouver, which was what was like fueling a lot of people's incomes. Uh, those shows had all been done, and we. We were sort of in this like lull of spaces where we're waiting for new shows to come in and then the writer strikes happened. And so we were already experiencing a slowdown. And by the time we got to July, when the SAG strike, the actor strike started, it, it was already pretty much at a standstill before that. Uh, so because 90% of our productions are American, we were just as much on strike as the Americans. Uh, we did up here in Canada, we did have the added, like just 
just that little bit of a breather where there were uh, a handful of Canadian shows still going. Um, so like there was still something going on, but like the, the amount of people required, especially there was basically no stunts on those shows. Um, I was, I was only auditioning in terms of acting in that time. And, and so it, it's one of those things about working in the film industry that is just a reality of the industry, no matter what the, the climate of the industry is. It's a, it's a gig economy. It's notoriously inconsistent. So it's really important that if, even if you feel like you are an established working professional, you always have to make sure that you're aware of your, your incoming and outgoing money. And like, do you have something on the side? Like, what are your options for these moments? And it happens. There's these lulls and we just happen to have almost an entire year of it uh, last year. And, and so it's just the reality of working in the film industry, which makes it really, really challenging and why a lot of people just decide to tap out at, at a certain time because it's really quite stressful. But um, I'm really grateful that I had my academy and my classes going on because that has sustained me. We all thought that when the, the strikes ended that it would just be this uproar of, of productions. But because they ended at the end of November, uh, a lot of productions just waited to the new year. And then we're still, it's still a bit slow. We're trying to get things going again. Uh, the, the rumor is by March, it should be quite a bit busier, but it, it's been slow on the upkeep. And I think a lot of people were depending on things just coming back up. Uh, that hasn't been the case for a lot of people. Some people it worked out, but for a lot of people, myself included, it's it's been quite slow. Do you have any current projects that you're working on that you can tell me about? TV, movies, etc. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for things to start. I've shifted a lot of my focus, though, career-wise uh, into acting. I'm still training actors and, and running my own classes, obviously. But but for me, what this year gave me was the the information and the uh, sort of stimulus to push in in the acting direction, which I've been doing part-time while I've been doing stunts, but it's been really difficult to work in stunts full-time and, and then try to be an actor. Like you, you kind of have to pick one or the other just time-wise. And, and with stunts, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm okay right now. Like stuff will come to me here and there, but but chasing it is not a thing. So now I'm I'm shifting that focus into acting and which I always knew I was going to do when I was a little bit older because stunts always had a timeline. Whereas acting, I'm like, I could do that till I'm 80. So I'm really excited right now to be making that shift. It feels like a good time. And and it's been fun. I've been going to classes and training and doing the work. I've been been doing the actor work uh, rather than the stunt performer work. And it, it's a nice change. And, and, and I'm looking forward to whatever comes of it, if anything comes of it. It's it's so much of it is out of your control when you're working in the film industry. And so I'm just really happy to to feel some excitement and inspiration to follow a new path right now. And that's keeping me going. Speaking of acting, are you going to be like uh, Scott Atkins and Amy Johnson when you're going to be like that? Like those action movie stars, like they do their own stunt stuff and you got your own movies and stuff? I hope so. I would love to. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, one of the best ways to get yourself in those positions is to produce your own projects. Um, and so I don't have any like solid ideas on projects I want to do next, but I'm, I'm a creative person. I'm always creating things. So I'm sure there will be something in the future where I create something, but yeah, like the, the Scott Act Atkins, like, uh, Daniel Bernhardt's are, are like the goal. And, and there doesn't seem to be very many female presenters people in that space they're they're kind of all dudes and I'm like okay I'm here <laughs> 
I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, because I like Scott Atkins and Amy Johnson. She's got Lady Blood Fight, and he's got like all yep. those like uh, his own movies, like Accident Man and That Moon's Vacation. So I, I was wondering, like, are you gonna go yeah. those type of things? Yeah. Would you ever go up against those two? You know, like I, if you had sure to- if they if they wanted to, I would play absolutely. Um, I think all of us have have a different specialty and any unique thing to bring. I think it would be really interesting to just have have a movie full of just badass people having fights, doing cool things. If people want to find out more information about you and your Freestyle Academy, where can they go? Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, website? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok the most. That's where I hang out the most. The My tag is at michelle.c.smith. If you want to check out my Freestyle Staff Academy Instagram, it's at freestyle.staff. Uh, I, that's where I hang out the most. Um, if you want to take classes from me, feel free to check out my link in bio. It has all of my links to my classes my free course, uh, how to build a staff, where I get my staffs, what lightsabers I'm using. Um, and if you wanted to, to join the classes that are coming up, it's uh, www.freestylestaffspinning.com slash classes. And yeah, all of my information is in is in my link in my bio where you can find everything you need to know about me. Well, thank you, Michelle, for joining me again on this episode of Let's Chat With. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me.